It did not feel good being made fun of on Twitter by economists that were calling me out because of my predictions back in 2020. At the time, there was mass fear. And what we're gonna do is in this video, go through exactly what it felt like at that time, what I had predicted back then, and how has that played out over the last two years. I'm shooting this in June of 2022. I shot a video in April of 2020. There's a lot that's changed, so let's deep dive into it. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now the thing is, in April of 2020, there was mass fear. I had only just started up the YouTube channel and I'm providing you some context so don't get bored. There's a lot of other people that must be wanting to learn about this stuff. So I'm gonna nerd it out, I'm gonna do some research and then I'm gonna share that on a YouTube channel. I didn't think two years later I would have over 30,000 subscribers so I am very, very grateful. But it's also a prompt for me to continue making these videos. More also because I think the schooling system is a fraud, especially when it comes to financial education. And then when you look to mainstream media, they're all out there selling you clicks pretty much. And then there's a few others that are just selling some off the plan garbage, which basically makes no sense. So if you were sick of hearing my voice, you're probably gonna have to get used to it because I'm not leaving YouTube anytime soon. Now, if you read the articles from 2020, they pretty much sound exactly the same as the headlines that I read now. And we're in June, 2022, so two years later. Now, here's something else to think about. When you look back three years before that, six years before that, eight years before that, the articles were pretty much the same. The headlines are the same, housing affordability is a concern and the property market's gonna crash because it's a big bubble. Now we've seen that play out time and time and time again. However, for some reason, we block out our memories and go, oh, well, this time is different. This time, that same economist, that same bank, that same media outlet is going to make a difference this time because, hey, this time is different. No, it's not. Now, some of the things have changed, but when you come out with such generic statements that the whole market is a bubble and it's gonna collapse, it's probably not gonna work out well for you. Now that video in April, 2022, it's probably one of my best videos I've ever made, but has less than like 2000 views. I'm gonna link it up here. You should definitely go check it out. It's a 45 minute whiteboard session. And it was basically in April, we had just found out about C19 and there was a lot of fear. People were not touching property. They weren't doing anything. And we didn't know what was gonna come around the corner. I went out there, gave some context around what I'm thinking about. And I made a 45 minute video. Now, without having to put you through that again, if you do wanna nerd it out, definitely go check it out. I'm gonna share with you a few clips from that video. It's very important that you watch all the way through as well as what my commentary is after that because I'm gonna compare where I was wrong and where I was right and why it might be fruitful listening to me this time because I think we have round two of what's playing out. I think personally, depending on which market you were seeing, the markets that I'm looking at, I am forecasting that we will see a maximum, maximum drop of 5%, right? I would be very surprised if I was seeing in the affordable market in the suburbs I am looking at that have such good growth fundamentals that we are gonna see a, a decrease in price by more than 5%, okay? So this is what I foresee happening. Over the next two to three months, we may see a 5% drop. But as soon as one of two things happens, one, the virus is under control, we are flattening the curve already, right? So if we are able to manage it a lot better. We are then put into a position where we can get through lockdowns. Suddenly businesses start operating. People are back to everyday life. And in Australia, we may be okay, right? I still foresee a recession definitely on the cards. I'm now questioning whether we'll go through a depression. So recession is two negative uh, quarters, of, uh, quarters of negative growth and a depression is four, okay? So we go through and this is what I expect will happen. 
we either see lockdowns decrease and a virus vaccine is announced. As soon as we know these things, the certainty and confidence comes back into the market. And what we are going to see is we're going to see this go and sort of flatten out because in this period here, right, in this period here, everyone is unsure. Right now, people who own houses, they're not selling because they're just deferring payments. People who are looking to buy are scared. Like yourselves, you've probably got cash, but you're like, no, 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 I want to wait because I read that markets will come down. We're going to address this big concern right now. If you are waiting for this market to capitulate, if you're waiting for this market to just drop by 20%, the property market will not do that. If that's all you came here to watch, you can leave now. <laughs> but essentially you need to know cause and effect. There is credibility in what I am saying here because I understand how macroeconomics works. So in this period, you may actually have two properties go on sale in a suburb, right? It's, it's an example. So you may have two properties in a suburb go on sale where traditionally we had five or six in that period. So what that means is as buyers have decreased, we're also seeing a lot less houses go on sale. So if there was four people after two houses, well, what's gonna happen? You've got more demand for the supply, which means in that market, the prices will go up. But if you flip it around and there's four people wanting to buy eight houses, well, now they've got choice. So now they're gonna go, hey, four people are gonna go, I wanna put an offer here and I wanna put an offer here and I don't really care who takes it because the vendor has no choice, right? It's a buyer's market. That's what you call is a buyer's market. Right now is a renter's market. And you know, just with the announcement of Airbnbs becoming illegal in New South Wales, you've got all these properties coming back into the market which means if you're renting currently, you could pretty much get a lower rent. Um, for people who haven't started renting, they could go out there and find properties listed, but you could ask for a negotiation, you could ask for a reduction. Um, so it is a renter's market, okay? So we're gonna see this period, and I expect that it's gonna be about two or three months of this uncertainty. We're already seeing positive news with the coronavirus in terms of how we're dealing with it as a country. And then you're going to see an absolute growth period that we've never seen before. Now, I say this not because I'm in the property market, but because I understand how it works. Now, let me explain why this will happen. There's a few factors that you need to consider, okay? Normally, what happens is say for instance, the GFC or any other economic disaster, you would have the recession period would start from here and it would end here, okay? What would happen is as soon as we get to about here, we're gonna announce stimulus. And then we're gonna get to here, and we're gonna go stimulus. And we're gonna go here, and then we're gonna go stimulus, okay? So stimulus is just government sort of giving you money, they're printing money, um, they're buying up government bonds. There's a lot of ways that they can do this. Uh, it's called quantitative easing. That's what they're doing right now. So what they'll do is they'll go, let's pump the economy. So they'll go, hey guys, here's a thousand dollars. It was like when Kevin Rudd did it, right? Everyone got some money. And then what they expect you to do is then use the money, circulate that by buying a new TV, buying a camera, going on holidays. Now in 
this case, you can't go on holidays. But what's more important here is during the GFC, we spent about, I think it was a hundred billion. Okay. During the whole GFC, we are currently, currently, we're in April. We haven't even seen a grow, like a, a quarter of negative growth yet. Right. I think the numbers may have come out. I'm not sure what they look like, but what's important here is we haven't even seen the recession. We haven't had two consecutive quarters of negative growth, so we haven't seen the recession yet. We have spent over 300 billion and we haven't even seen the recession. This is why I'm saying if you haven't watched my market updates, you need to understand what I'm saying here. Guys, if we spent 100 in the entire GFC to get us out of the recession, we're at 300 billion before going into recession and they're trying to tell you that it's because we're trying to keep people in jobs. It's a load of shit. What they are trying to do is they're devaluing our money. The amount that we can have in terms of buying power with that dollar is a lot less today than it was five years ago, right? So 300 billion, we're probably, we're here, right? We haven't gone through this period during this phase, they are going to pump more and more and more stimulus, right? More money, more government spending, all those projects they had planned, like maybe there's the new rail that's going to go in a particular area. These regional towns are really going to have their time to shine now because all those projects they had, they're like, hey, you know what? In the regional areas, the virus is actually not that bad in terms of, you know, community trans transmissions and stuff. So they bring them forward. Now they're going, let's have these government in incentives. Let's have these government projects, have them happen now. People are gonna go to these areas. They've got jobs. People are spending more money because they've got jobs. It's insane. What they are doing right now is insane. And this is why I say, if you have money in your account, <laughs> if you literally went uh, five years ago and spent $20,000, you would buy a shitload more than in six months time, you're $20,000. That's a fact, right? So there's a couple of things that I got wrong here and there was a couple of things I really nailed. One of them was, yes, we were definitely gonna enter a recession. We actually ended up having three consecutive quarters of negative growth. So we just narrowly missed out on a depression, which would be four. That's because we had so much stimulus come into the system and that really pumped up the asset markets. The other thing that did happen was supply levels dropped, they plummeted. And we expected demand was gonna fall, but what people didn't realize was that supply was also gonna fall. That's exactly what's happening now and will happen over the next couple of months. People just think, oh, well, we have having demand destruction, which means, hey, if we increase rates, people can't borrow as much for property. They're not gonna go out and buy as much, which means, hey, there's more supply than demand. And that means the market's gonna collapse. But what they didn't really forecast, and I happened to forecast that in that video, was mainly because I've been in this market for a long time. I understand how this works, is as the demand flows down and there's a bit more uncertainty, there's a higher chance that the volume also drops. And we see this mainly every year. It's cyclical. We see it in those winter months where demand isn't as strong, then volume drops because why would anyone want to be selling in winter when they can just sell it three or four months later? Now, unless you really needed to, you wouldn't really sell. And that's exactly what's playing out here. It played out two years ago and it's playing out again. Where we've seen supply levels back then drop dramatically. Demand dropped, but it didn't drop by that much. And people like myself and the clients that we had, we went in and we started buying up because it made so much sense that if you've got a government so consumed by the property market, they were always going to bring out stimulus to go and pump it up even further. Now, indirectly, they did 
did it initially. Then after a while, it was just like free for all. Let's pump the actual market. The property market is the one thing that's gonna take us out of this. And that was through the wealth effect. If you could have your assets go up in value, you would be more likely to go spend that money in the economy, which means the economy keeps running. We have the opposite right now, which is what they're trying to achieve by interest rates going up. It's called demand destruction. So what they'll essentially do is go, well, if interest rates go up, then we could see a pullback on the market. And we see all these articles come out, people are gonna get scared, right? So if the market slows down, that means people don't think they're as wealthy. They think we're going into a recession. They're gonna hold that cash. That naturally slows down the economy. And then we proceed back to a normality, whatever the new norm looks like. Now the increase in stimulus, that money being pumped into the system is very important to remember as we go through this video. One of the things I did get wrong in that video though, was that I didn't expect the virus was gonna last as long as it did. We had more lockdowns, but every time we had a lockdown, we had a bigger excuse to pump more money into the system, which again, just help asset prices rise. In the next sort of, sort of six to nine months, if you aren't gonna take action with that cash, you may lose the opportunity to ever actually do anything with it. And if you do, and this is, goes back to my core message, which I've been saying all along in this video, is that I would rather be a month early than a minute too late. Because if we buy in April 2020, let's say we buy here. Now, all of our properties, we're trying to buy under market value. So if we bought under market value by 10%, um, uh, right? So we bought it under 10%. So we've got some equity there. For the next three to six months, we see a decrease by 5%, all right? We're still better. We're positive 5% here, but now we have secured our real estate. We've secured our real estate for the growth that we're gonna see of whoever knows. <laughs> I predict we could see numbers anywhere from 15 to 25% of growth. And I know some of you guys are sitting there and going, this guy's a load of shit. I don't understand how he's getting these numbers. If I told you two months ago that we would all not be allowed to leave our houses, we're not allowed to leave home, we can't meet other people, we can't meet friends, and there's social distancing as a thing, you would have thought I was an idiot as well. I am saying today that we are going to see the greatest property increase in price action in our lifetimes. This is a black swan event, guys, okay? Get educated as quick as you can. If you need the help, contact me. But if you can secure something now, you've got to ask the question, if you purchase here, maybe they're available. You purchase here, maybe there's a few less available, but now the buyers are coming in, they're getting a bit more confident. But what most people would do, and you're not those people, the 99% are gonna buy here, or want to buy here. And FOMO is gonna kick in, and that's just gonna fuel this, and most people will end up buying about here, and that's when they're gonna get screwed over. Now this clip here is definitely one of my favorites. When you're in inflationary times, right, which is what we've been in right now and we're going to be for some time, is that your debt attached to productive assets becomes also an asset. Now, when you hear that, you're gonna be like, what the hell does that mean? Debt is bad, you're telling me it's asset, but then you're telling me my house is a liability, what the heck? Okay, I'm gonna make it very simple. Your house that you live in most likely is a liability because of the cash flow perspective. Yes, on one hand, you can say that there's capital growth, means I can take the equity out, use that for other things, then it would be deemed as an asset. Some people can't do that. And some people buy the wrong asset, which means it doesn't go up anyway, okay? Now, when it comes to debt attached 
to a productive asset. The reason it becomes an asset on its own is because as inflation increases, the value of our currency drops, okay? So if inflation comes in, you have your debt levels, which are in fiat, right, in Australian dollars. That means that if inflation is 10%, that means the debt is actually devaluing by 10%. You see what I mean? This is actually very important because so many people focus on the actual asset. So if the asset goes up by 10%, you're like, oh, capital growth, fantastic. But when you actually look at it against the debt, you can actually understand that your asset went up by 10%, but your actual value of the debt, although it's still 800,000 or 900,000, it's actually lost 10% of its purchasing power as well. So you're actually winning on both fronts if you hold assets against the right type of debt as well. To add to the entire thing, if you can actually buy a property in a good location that has naturally more capital growth than inflation rates, as well as the fact that your rents are going higher due to being in a high demand area, then you're also winning on the cash flow perspective. And yet, whilst understanding all of that, people are still complaining that interest rates have gone up. Man, my cash flow is really difficult. The bubble's about to pop. Because I have to now pay like an extra 500 bucks a month. Come on, it's a joke. And we are gonna be in a position where the share market will lose a lot of its value in a short amount of time. You have a short window here to take advantage. I'm gonna expect that I put this video up here in the cycle. The smart few will talk to me there. A few more will talk to me there. And then everyone's gonna to wanna to talk to me here. And I have no time. And in this section here, we actually can't get the bargains anymore because there's a lot of idiots running around. And that's where you're gonna just basically gonna to have to strap in watch your dollar value lose its value. So the cash you have in your bank, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna make dumb decisions if you're gonna purchase investments because now FOMO's kicked in and you're just like, hey, it can't go down. Just like everyone was buying Bitcoin or buying in Sydney a couple of years ago. They're like, no, Sydney could never fail. It failed, it went down, <laughs> right? Just like Bitcoin. And although I'm bullish on cryptocurrency, I understand how people are thinking. I understand consumer behavior. And this is when they start seeing green, growth is happening. That's when people wanna invest. Don't be the 99% of people. Contact me here to hear. Please make, take advantage of what we have here, guys. I wish I could just go up and buy all the real estate possible right now. I would, I would basically be betting my bottom dollar, leveraging 100% to try and get in. Unfortunately, I can't, but <laughs> Things will change. Financial systems will change. Life will not be the same as it was before. Now in this clip, I spoke about assets being destroyed. And that to a certain extent was true with the crypto market as well as the stock market. We saw only four weeks later or less than four weeks, we had that massive COVID crash. It was brutal. I remember seeing the screen and it just kept, as I was refreshing, it just kept going down and down. And I wasn't even looking at crypto. I was looking at things like your CBAs, your Westpacs, your big banks here in Australia and their share prices just collapsing. So it was a very scary day. Everyone was talking about it. It was a bloodbath on you know Channel 9 as well, apparently. So I did think these markets were going to collapse, but I didn't expect them to recover as quick as they did. It was a proper V-shaped recovery. Now that is going to be different this time around where we have demand destruction. The markets have been falling for at least the last six or seven months across shares as well as crypto. Now the property market hasn't felt it. Some people are sort of waiting on the sidelines suggesting, hey, well, if I can buy it in three months time and it's cheaper, I'm going to go and do that. And this is why I'm showing this video. It's not so much to show these clips to say, hey, look, I was a genius. I nailed it two years ago when no one else did. Well, I sort of did, but 
That's not the point of this video. The point is that if you're feeling the same sort of things you felt back then, then you're probably gonna find yourself making the same mistakes this time around. I know for a fact, as soon as I started seeing the headlines, as soon as I felt the day in day out changing here in Australia, I switched on, I made a video on this channel, you can check it out here, as to why I'm going heavy into property. Now, the last time I bought property and a significant amount of property was actually in Feb and March of 2020. So exactly when I just started seeing everything and I was probably early to the game because for a month or two after that, people were still uncertain. But I said in that video too, that I'd rather be a month early than a minute too late. Because once you are late, you're gonna have to start buying with the emotional buyers. That's not what I wanna be doing. I wanna buy when the smart money's buying. Now, believe it or not, yes, I've been on YouTube for about two and a half to three years. I've been running the buyer's agency for almost three years and people think I was here yesterday. No, the truth is I've actually been doing this stuff for seven to 10 years before. I actually bought my first property when I was 21, but I'm an actual nerd. Like I actually like this stuff and I'm not just making it for the fun of it. I come out here, do the research as well as make these videos for you because it helps me, helps you, helps you help me. Yeah, it's win-win. <laughs> Now, if you really wanna know what my forecast for the next 12 months will be, it's here right now. The capital cities, I think like Sydney and Melbourne have been overcooked for a while. They've got a lot of emotional buyers, yet there are still some areas that are, you know, properties being picked up very quickly. There are others that are really suffering. Now, as we see the interest rates increase a little bit further over the next couple of months, I think we really have that demand destruction in these markets. So could I see this market sort of drop 10 to 15%? Yes, I can definitely see that over the next 12 months. Other capital cities like your Perth, your Brisbane, your Adelaide, I think what we're gonna see is a slowdown of the growth. Now that is different from the headlines that are suggesting the market's gonna drop by 30%. It's very different because what you can see is that some of these markets as well as regional markets have grown by 20, 25, 30%. So when the demand actually slows down, we have interest rates coming in to slow that down, we are now returning to a normal rate of return, okay? And that typically is like five to 8% in most areas. So if we see it go from 25% annual growth to now 8% or to 10% or 15%, the headlines are gonna suggest like the whole thing is coming down, collapsing. But yet you're not realizing that the market still moved up by eight, 10 or 15%. And that's what I think is gonna happen. In most of these regional areas and metro markets we're buying in for our clients, we're actually expecting anywhere from 10, 14, 18%, depending on where we're buying. If you are interested in what my thoughts are around the property market moving forward, as well as interest rate hikes, and when we are going to start cutting, definitely subscribe to this channel. I'm going to be bringing out something that's very unique and it's the first time that I'm ever going to be doing it. So definitely go smash that bell icon as well as the subscribe button and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.